I'm Jared. I'm Joseph. Level with us. Hello and welcome to Level With Us, the show where we have a cozy video game discussion every week. And this week we're talking about the video game Stray, which just came out last week on the PlayStation and on uh, Steam. Um, It is developed by Blue 12 Studio and published by Annapurna Interactive. And here with me today we have a special guest. This is Joseph. Hello, I'm here. Yes, you are. And Marcus is not because he is still in Korea and also he has not played this game. So... Joseph is a good friend of mine, and uh, I've I've got him here because he has played the game. So that will make for a much more interesting discussion, I think. So yeah, uh, so Stray is a game where you play as a cat, and uh, that's it. Um, I think that's the elevator pitch. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. You play as a cat, but you also play in a futuristic, post-apocalyptic, kind of Asian-inspired setting. Which is really cool, because I feel like it didn't take much to sell people on this game. You know, I think if they had just said, oh, it's a game where you play as a cat, and you run around and explore and unlock new pathways and stuff, I think people would be all over it. But it also has a really cool kind of sci-fi setting. So, Joseph, what did you think of Stray? I I ended up really liking it. Uh, I actually kind of went into it without a whole lot of information, I, I pretty much went at it from the Untitled Goose Game angle. Of <laughs> Untitled Goose Game, it's, hey, you play as a goose and you mess with people. Right. And honestly, that works really well. And with the cat, with the cat game, with Stray, I was like, okay, so you play as a cat, and that's kind of cool. There's some cyberpunky thing going on. I, I wonder what's next. You know, we have the goose game. We have the cat game now. We, I, there's like a little there's a little indie game where you play as a spider and they somehow make the spider look really cute it's called webbed so oh, i'm interesting maybe next is uh i don't know what what, what would be next a chinchilla <laughs> i i mean the one direction they could go is like monkeys oh yeah like you're hanging out in the jungle and you go you can mess with villages or stuff I could, I could totally see that working. I, it, it works that, you know, cats are kind of ubiquitous. Like, everyone knows what cats are, no matter what country you're from, uh, they're around. People kind of know what, and understand what a cat does. So in the game, they take advantage of that by making a lot of your core actions things that cats can do. You uh, kind of platform by leaping onto different pipes and uh, air conditioning units and... So many AC units. Yes, and ledges. <laughs> um and you paw at things to kind of knock them off shelves. Um, you scratch things, which sometimes is required, but most of the time it's just to tear the carpet up. Um, yeah, it, it, there's kind of a story that goes along with it. No, there there is a story that goes along with it. There's, I mean, the, the story, surprisingly, it's it was better than I expected. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? Without, like, spoiling anything. Well, so it was kind of interesting because I played the game in essentially two sittings. Uh, I played the first part up into the slums area, which is about an hour, hour and a half in. And then I played the rest of it in one session. In one sitting, wow. Yeah. But the story-wise, I initially was like a little bored by it because probably about the first hour is you're not interacting with anything. It's just, hey, it's a cat and you're in a city 
and that wasn't terribly interesting. Mm-hmm. But as the story really got going after that initial slums part, I was like, oh, I'm on board with this. That, that's really interesting to hear you say because I'm kind of the opposite. I was kind of more engaged when it wasn't telling you much about the world and you just kind of had to observe and take a look at like what had happened to this place and kind of wonder what's going on. Um, the more they started to spell it out, uh, I, I, I'm not saying I disliked it by the end, but it was, um, I did like the quiet storytelling of the beginning oh, yeah. where uh, you kind of have to gather what's going on. It's more environmental, but you're right. The story does pick up. There's some little twists and turns. Uh, you kind of find out what happened and why. Um, you have a little drone partner called B12 that follows you around and helps you do certain actions. You find out more about the origin of this little drone. Um, so it's kind of its story as well. But, but you never lose touch with the fact that you are a cat uh, interacting with um, pretty, I'd say, wholesome robotic characters yeah. <laughs> that mimic what humans do. Uh, they all have a screen for a face, and uh, they're, they're quite that, adorable. That, and that's something I really loved, was they're, they're referred to officially as the companions, that type of robot. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so funny and so interesting that they just kind of went all out with it and was like, okay, yeah, this one wears a Hawaiian shirt and this one, you know, he's got like a basket hat and holds a stick. So he looks kind of like a warrior samurai. He's called the guardian. You know, you got the guy in the corner playing the guitar. They, they make characters out of a line of robots that are all supposedly exactly the same. Yeah. They're really expressive and uh, I'd say really well animated, which further adds to the charm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I quite liked that. I, I was also, speaking of animations, I love the way they animate the cat moving around. Um, just when you, you leap onto things and leap off and run and jump and jump into a box to avoid enemies, because there are some stealth segments in this game. Oh, yeah. I, I thought all of that was very well done, and the, the world is beautiful. Um, really grateful I have a PS5 to play it on, which is also what oh, you yeah. played it on, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the only other thing I would say about this game is it's pretty short, uh, which I actually appreciate. I feel like I have less and less time these days, um, less of an, an attention span, uh, so I, I can really appreciate something short and light like this. Um, and yet, I think there's enough content there that you won't come away unsatisfied. Um, I think they, they did a, a good job with this game. I, I think it can be classified as an indie game. Um, it's kind of a triple-A looking game but it's it's very much you know small in scope uh you know i think anna purna interactive is an interesting studio i think they're kind of artsy i think they pick and choose what games they put out because all of them are very unique and very different and uh very different from each other um and also very cool that playstation put this as a free game for those on the the mid or high tiers uh, which I would recommend if you have that membership. I would definitely recommend trying out this game since it's oh, free. Yeah. Um, if you want to purchase it, it's thirty dollars, which I think your mileage can vary with that. For some people, that's definitely going to be way too much for something like this. But for others, it's like, oh, you know, that's that's decent. That's reasonable. It really comes down to whether you're a cat person. Yeah, I would. I guess so. So dog owners, stay away. And with that, we'll move into star pieces. This is the part of the show where we talk about a cool little detail or something interesting that we discovered while we were playing. And uh, my star piece is not necessarily super well hidden, 
But I love that you have a dedicated meow button in this game. And um, you, you do use it on occasion for certain things, but uh, my favorite thing is to walk up to the robot characters and just stare at them and meow. And they'll always react differently. There's one character that's very averse to you and kind of gets scared. Um, there's another character that a big old heart displays oh, on yeah. their screen whenever you meow at them. Well, there's there's quite a few, actually, who do that. Um, and one, one in particular I love is there's... Uh, Later in the game, there's a robot you can jump onto its lap, and it kind of acts surprised at first. But then it ends up really liking that you're there, and you can just nap there. And the controller purrs, like, with the haptics. It kind of, like, rumbles, uh, and you can hear a purring sound coming out of the controller speaker. I like those little touches, all those little details, I think, are uh, very cute, very wholesome. Oh, yeah, there's there's tons of interesting little interactables, whether... As you said, like scratching up the carpet or you, you did encounter that you can like rub up against people's legs. Well, robots legs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cat thing, I guess. Yeah. So do you have a star piece for us, Joseph? My star piece is the end of the game, which we may not want to spoil. But how do you describe this? I, I'm one who's really interested. I really like strong, different finales where the final area of the game is so ridiculously different from the entire rest of the game. You're coming directly from probably the most cyberpunk-esque area in the game to go and you go straight to like Star Trek level science fiction. I don't know, just for some reason that stuck out in like a crazy way to me. That's cool. Yeah, the, the visual design of the whole game is very well done. So, and I mean that 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 can kind of be an overall star piece, just how good the game looks. But for every star piece, there is also a quick jab. And jab, jab. This is where we get to complain about something, usually something minor, uh, because it's funnier that way. <laughs> but um, this is our kind of our chance to air our grievances, and mine uh, is is very minor, uh, probably more minor than most quick jabs I've ever given on this show. You know, I mentioned earlier in this episode that I really liked the animations. I thought the robot characters and the cat are really well animated, and that really uh, elevates the game. But the thing is, in cutscenes, you know, the cat doesn't really emote, which makes sense. You know, cats don't make facial expressions like humans do. If it did, it might be a little uncanny, it might be a little weird. Yeah. Um, but that being said, during some cutscenes, whenever the cat you play as meows, its jaw just kind of like opens and closes, and it felt robotic to me. I I don't know what it is. Like Maybe it's because the movement was so good. Um, when you're when you're running around, I just felt like the face felt just kind of unnatural. If that makes sense, it just kind of choppy. Yeah. And I I don't know how you'd improve it. I'm not an animator, but it, it bugged me enough that I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna write this down. That'll be my uh, my quick jab for today. Yeah, it was it was kind of strange, but uh, my quick jab was I wrote B12 does all the talking. So B12's your drone buddy throughout the bulk of the game. And it threw me off a lot initially because what he's doing is he's translating what the robots are saying to you. But so every text bubble in the game has a little arrow sticking straight at B12. So I didn't always catch when it was switching speakers. Right. Because 
B12's doing all the talking. And I kind of wish they'd still tried to maintain that, hey, let's have the speech bubble connect to the guy who's talking. Right. Even if it's technically supposed to be a translation. Right. And I mean, I do like the mechanic of like when B12 is not with you, you won't understand anything um, with with Odo's guidance. Like, that's cool. But I agree. It, it's not um, it's not always clear who the speaker is. Um, so the way they should have solved that was by having the cat talk, you know, <laughs> then there wouldn't be that weird meow animation. And that, no, I'm just kidding. Well, that was a great quick job. And that brings us to who's the fake fan. Fake fan. This is the quiz segment of our podcast where we try and quiz each other to see who's the fake fan and who's the biggest nerd when it comes to this particular game. So Joseph, what do you got? Well, I may have kind of ruined half my question here because <laughs> my question was, uh, well, it was a two-part question. One, who developed Stray? Okay. Uh, I already forgot. I think it's Blue 12 Studios. 12 Blue? Blue 12. Nice. Uh, which, by the way, I thought it was fun connection. The robot's name is B12 and the developer is oh. Blue 12. Oh, so I thought that was real cool. Nice little piece of trivia there. Uh, my other thing was then, because I half expected you to say Annapurna, name three other Annapurna games. Okay. That uh, they own well, rights to. Okay. Uh, Neon White is one of them. The Artful Escape is a game that they put out, I think. And, oh man, uh... I feel like they put out What Remains of Edith Finch. That seems like a very Annapurna game. Did they do that one? Um, I believe... Yes. So, I, th- there's also ones where they own the rights to them now, oh, but okay. didn't initially publish them. For oh, example, okay. they republished Journey in 2019. Oh, so they didn't publish it originally, but they got now, the rights to it. Interesting. Because Journey as a game predates Annapurna. Gotcha. They didn't form till 2016. Well, that makes sense that they'd want to republish it, because like I said, they're kind of an artsy studio. Um, so that's a very much an art game. D- so did I get it right then? Did they do Edith Finch as yes. well? Yes. Okay. So, and I was going to be very ashamed of you if you didn't get Neon White, because you did that last <laughs> week. Because I just did that one. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Good question. All right. What's yours? Uh, mine is not actually video game related, but it is cat related. Oh no, so, screwed. <laughs> uh, so my question is, as we know, the house cat, the domesticated house cat, can be domesticated. Um, my question to you is, what other felines can also be domesticated? And I'll give you a few options here. We've got the wild cat, the leopard... The tiger, the lion, or all of the above, or none of the above. Which of those can be domesticated? I I want to say none of them, because the term domesticated refers to us actually like having some level of control over them. You can tame a tiger, but there is supposed to be a difference between domestication and taming. Where you can tame an individual, but you domesticate a population. Interesting so, theory. Interesting theory. Pleasure. I don't know. I may still be wrong. Do you want to know what the answer is? Sure. You got it right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I should have just said the house cat because uh, the fact that it's called the domesticated house cat 
is very intentional. We call it that because it's the only feline that can be domesticated, just like you said. I was being sneaky about it, but uh, you did great. So well done. Neither of us is a fake fan this week. Hooray! It feels good, doesn't it? Uh, With that, we will move on to our final segment, and that is rabbit holes. This is kind of our open mic segment of our podcast where we can get a chance to gush about something that we've been getting into recently, whether that's video game related or not. Uh, And Joseph, I understand you have a series, a video game series that you recommend. Yeah, I uh, largely just want to put it out there because it's a really great JRPG series. You know, I'm a JRPG guy, Jared. Uh Uh-huh. So... Uh, so a series I played through between the latter half of last year and the beginning of this year was, uh, it's referred to as the Trails series. Ah, Trails of Cold Steel, that, that thing? Yes. So it, honestly, probably the best way to explain it is that it's the MCU of video games. Like, I, I've racked my brain before. I don't know that I can think of a video game series that's a train of like 10 games that are all interrelated and tell one story but to just briefly explain the setting in the world it's essentially just post industrial revolution where there's these like magic orbs and essentially 50 years prior to the start of the games someone discovered hey wait we can use these and essentially it just becomes electricity so like the name trails of cold steel refers to the railroad tracks and so they're running on like essentially magically magic energy powered trains and guns but it's all these various stories connected with an evil organization called cerberus there's a lot going on in the series so i'm not even sure i'd explain some of it well what, what so what do you like about the series um Besides the larger continuity. I I really like its dedication to turn-based kind of strategy game. So it's an entirely turn-based RPG, but they use character locations on like a circular battlefield to dictate things. So it's like, hey, this attack will hit in this circle area. So line it up and attack two or three enemies with it. Oh, okay. So your placement does matter in addition to it being turn-based. Honestly, one of the better ways to explain the system is if if Chrono Trigger had actually stuck with its area-based attacks. That's cool. Because Chrono Trigger very quickly turns into nuking the entire battlefield with every attack. Which you can do, but you have to, like... That's only, like, your supers, essentially. Mm -hmm. Which is very fun. And the characters are just great. That's cool. Well, thank you for the recommendation. Um... I am not a JRPG guy, (laughs) Uh, but Xenoblade 3 just came out and it's getting like perfect tens across the board and they get like a new game every year or every other year. Um, And everyone keeps talking to me about, you know, Final Fantasy 7 and and, and all that. And I'm getting really jealous. So can you please give me a, a, a one or two sentence elevator pitch as to why I should give JRPGs a try? Do you think you could convert me, Joseph? Um, it's a monumental task. I know. What if you could make your favorite fantasy novel even more interesting and engaging? It, it's all it's all the fun of a fantasy novel and that full story, fantasy novel, you know, science fiction novel. 
but then there's parts where you do stuff. And so it adds that level of engagement. You know, that's not what I expected. I expected you to say something like, oh, the stories are so good or or something like that. But I mean, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. But um, that was that was really smart because I think I've always looked at them as, wow, those are so much slower than the games I play. They're so much longer. I don't like turn-based combat. But then if you told me, no, this is a novel, but you get to engage in the battles. There are some turn-based combat. There are some stats and cool stories and player choice that coming from that angle i think that works really well so well done hats off to you sir that was a great (laughs) elevator pitch i wonder why i don't read anymore it's because i'm playing jrpgs and doing all my reading then yeah there you go (laughs) um i'll throw in my own rabbit hole really quick uh there is a cartoon and an animation Um, that I got into recently that not many people know about. And it's called Monkey Kid. Have you heard of it? Lego Monkey Kid, specifically. Oh, it's a Lego thing. It's a Lego thing. Uh Uh-huh. I've never heard of this. And there's good reason for that. So Monkey Kid is is a brand. You know how Lego has their own, like, original brands, like Bionicle and Ninjago and, you know, uh, Lego City. Yeah, Lego Legends of Chima, whatever. In fact, Chima was kind of their bid at like getting into the Chinese market because uh, they just Legos aren't popular there like they are here. Oh yeah, but it didn't really work, and this one did. So Monkey Kid is is a brand. Um, it's based on Chinese mythology, a very famous, very well known story called Journey to the West. Um, it, it takes place uh, hundreds of years maybe even thousands after Journey to the West. And the world is very futuristic, uh, but the the Monkey King is immortal, and he chooses a successor uh, who goes by MK, and he's he's the main character. He, he gets all the powers of the Monkey King, and they have to fight demons. It's, it's very lighthearted. Um, there is an overarching plot. There are some arcs. Uh, there are some twists. But at the end of the day, it's just a really zany, fun cartoon. It's 2D style animation. Huh. Um, all of Lego's shows are 3D, and they don't really interest me. Uh, but this one did because it has a lot of the same animators that I uh, really admire that worked on a show called uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And um, if you've ever seen that show, you know it's just crazy, nonstop anime style action. And this show is the same way. So. I'd highly recommend looking up a trailer for it. The main character is voiced by Jack Decina, who's Sokka from Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, and all around, the voice acting is great, but the animation is where the show truly shines. There are three seasons. You can find a couple of the seasons on Amazon Prime, but that is the only way to legally watch the show here. And again, the reason for that is this was their bid at getting into the Chinese market. And this show airs over there. Right. And it worked. Uh, it's actually very popular and it sells really well there. But no one knows about it here. And it kills me because uh, it's such a good show. It's really, really fun. Um, it's great for, for kids, obviously. But even as a, a full-grown adult, I loved the animation. I liked the humor. I liked the voice acting. Uh, that That's my rabbit hole recommendation for the week. Uh, go Go look up Monkey Kid. It's really good. Yeah, I pulled up a trailer and just... Animation looks pretty interesting. There are some amazing fight scenes, like really, really cool fight scenes in the show, especially in season three. They go all the way over the top. Uh, insane. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, 
Well, Joseph, if people were listening to this podcast and really identified with your opinions, uh, where can they find you to hear more of them? I go by Gamer Hushu on a couple of different places, mainly Twitter. I've put some stuff on Facebook and sometimes stream on Twitch, but I talk about video games randomly and Marvel and stuff. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, It's been such a pleasure. And until next time, I'm Jared. I'm Joseph. And we'll level with you then. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, any other, like, kind of general thoughts? Anything you want to talk about um, in regards to the game before we jump into some segments? Um, I, I thought just briefly I'd ask, are you a cat guy? Have you ever owned a cat? I forget. <laughs> My wife and I are not pet people. Uh, we we couldn't own a dog because neither of us are home. We both work. Right. And, you know, I, I don't mind cats. I think cats are cute. But... I had a cat uh, for a couple months uh, growing up when I was in high school, and it ran away uh, oh, and never came back. So <laughs> I don't I don't know if that says anything to how I, I like to think we took care of it very well. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Cats and I have not necessarily gotten along very well. I'll just say that. Uh, but oh, yeah. it, generally, if I have to pick between a dog and a cat, I'd probably say cat. So, yeah, it, it appeals to me. What about you? Uh, I mean, growing up, I... I've never owned a cat. My mom's allergic to them, apparently. So I kind of grew up a little averse to them. Like, hey, that's not something we can have. You know, you're five and you're like, oh, look, a kitty. Your mom's like, yeah, we can't take that home. Like, dang it. (laughs) So then playing Stray, uh, was this cathartic to like, oh, I could finally spend time with this cat. When I couldn't growing up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I certainly like cats. I mean, I like cats as much as the next internet dweller. <laughs> <laughs>